0: The chief beauty of this work lies not so much in its style or in the extent and usefulness of the information it conveys, as in its simple truthfulness. It forms a record of events that really happened. Other works may excel this in depth
1: of thought and knowledge of human nature, but for hopeless and incurable veracity,
2: nothing yet discovered can surpass it.
0: Today we're talking about It. Uh, I'm Calvin, and with me are um, Sol. Sorry, sorry. What's the name of the film? It.
2: <laughs> we're talking about it. I, I know we're talking about a film, but what's what's the actual name of the film? Yeah, so well, we're talking about it. So, so who's who's on first?
0: <laughs> who's the Prime Minister of China? <laughs> That's racist. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm here with Sol. Beep beep. And uh, and Alan. Hello. Now, now before we get started, Alan, can I ask you a question? sure do you float
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny funny you should bring that up actually because i was on holiday a couple of weeks ago and went swimming and found out that <laughs> i my body just doesn't float i don't know why it's, i think i'm too dense
2: <laughs> Curry would be very disappointed with you then that's that's weird that's not normal
0: so why is Tim Curry's clown so fascinated by things that float if it is just a regular occurrence?
2: Well, he lives in the sewers, and my my reading of it was that, like, he sees the odd turds just <laughs> floating. <laughs> and it's just like, he's just, just fascinated by it. That that was what I took it to mean. Hmm. You get a floater, sometimes they <laughs> sink.
0: Right, so anyway, today we are, because the new film is coming out.
2: Yes, based on... Stephen King's novel. Yes. It's a uh, pretty massive novel. What is it what is it called? It. it. Stephen King's It. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> 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 it's
1: a pre- um, it is a pretty shit title, isn't it? <laughs> How do you Google that?
2: Well I think I think if you Google it the the book or the miniseries or something comes up.
0: Yeah, I think the re- most recent film is the most popular mm. search for it. Um, mm. But anyway, yes, because we're going to be talking about the miniseries today, which is basically two 90-minute episodes which were aired in the early 90s, I believe.
2: 1990. Ah. They're often incorrectly regarded as a TV movie.
1: Hmm. It does feel like a TV movie, though. Plays yeah. Either.
2: Well, it, it. I mean, there's not much different. Yeah, it, it's a two-part TV movie, basically, isn't it? Yeah. But it was mm. it was aired in two parts, which is why it's three hours in length. If you do try and watch it as a movie, mm-hmm. it's why it's two different films stuck together. If you do try
0: and watch it as a mm. movie, did did you guys both watch it as a movie? I had to pause halfway through. Obviously, it runs all in one on the. D V D or Blu-ray, but I had to stop it halfway because I just it was just far too long for
1: Well mine, mine stopped mine stopped off halfway I had to turn the disc over. Yeah, oh.
0: yeah, I was gonna say it's on D V D it's Ah, oh interesting. On Blu ray it just all runs. I, I I does it stop at the moment when um one of the characters kills himself yeah, in a yeah, bath. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And in fact there was there was no there was no credits or anything at the end of the first half. It just stops oh, abruptly. And then you have to turn it ah. over.
0: See, that's the point where I decided to stop, because it was like pretty much bang on halfway, and I thought, well, okay, it this must be the end of part yeah. one.
1: I so. also actually yeah. watched it in two halves, yeah, I did.
0: So, um, has either of you seen it before this podcast? Have any yeah. preconceived, you know, uh, opinions? Or...
1: My, my memory of it was that it wasn't particularly good. Um, having watched it again, it's even worse than I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, it's just a weirdly iconic film that mm. isn't, or miniseries, whatever it is. It's a weirdly iconic work that, like, just isn't actually any good. And mm. I can only assume it's because a whole generation of people saw it on TV and it scared them as a kid. Mm. And so they've grown up with this being the definitive scary clown that, mm. that yeah. you can go to. Because that's the other thing. The idea of scary clowns is such a Cliche now, huge. Yeah yeah, cultural phenomenon uh, now more than ever, really. And it's become such a thing that you need a a pop culture icon to latch onto, much like, you know, people think of killer dolls. They they often go to Chucky Mm. just because it's one of the few named killer dolls to to, to go to, I suppose, Um, even though a lot of people haven't seen those films. Go to Jaws. (laughs) Mm.
1: Jaws the shark.
2: But at least, at least with Jaws, that is like a classic film, and it's a and good one film. That's very fondly. Remembered. <laughs> yeah, I think with with it, it's really benefited from just finding a niche. There's a gap there with no one filling it in. There's mm. loads of Killer Clown movies, but they're all like really low end, straight to video mm. shit that no one cares about. Is
1: there anything earlier than this? Like anything significantly earlier than this, there
0: was uh, that. Um, there was, was in real life. There was that serial yeah. killer who was a clown. Yeah. what was his name? Uh, well, that's oh, um,
2: it's three names, isn't he? I don't. Yeah, they are, yeah John actually, Wayne Gacy. Yeah,
0: that's right. But yeah, yeah. John
2: to be Wayne honest, Gacy, that
1: yeah. that whole he dressed up as a clown thing is a bit of a myth. Uh, no, he did yeah. it, but like he did it once. It wasn't like his yeah, he didn't thing.
0: like kill anyone while dressed as a clown, but it was still yeah.
2: It's a prominent urban legend, isn't it? The the idea of the killer clown. I don't know if that comes before him or after him, but, you know, the, 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 the most famous story I can call to mind is the one of the babysitter and the clown statue. Are you familiar with that? No, I don't know it. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. It's basically babysitter looking after the kids, puts them to bed... They can't sleep or something, and she goes into the room. Oh, it's, it's either the kids or just she doesn't like it. But basically, she phones the parents and says, "Look, this, uh, this big clown statue in in your room or in the kids' room or whatever, it's really freaking me out. Do you mind if I just put a blanket over it?" Hmm. And they go, "Take the kids and get out of the house now. We don't have a clown statue." Oh my god! And gosh. she goes, "Ah," and that's that's the story. And obviously, it falls down because you know. In reality, people would just be like, clown statue, what are you on about? What? what are you talking about? And also, you'd look at a clown statue and go, oh, look, there's a, a physical, breathing human being who isn't stood perfectly motionless because that's physically impossible for a living, breathing person to do. Um, that's scary. I'm going to run. Mm. Mm. So that doesn't really work, but it's one of those old campfire classics there is a film i'm aware of that predates the tv um uh, mini series called killer clowns from outer space ah yes which i've never i've never seen but mm. i'm aware of it so i mean obviously predate i mean obviously it predates the idea of it because the whole point is that it takes the form of a clown because it's scary to the kids that mm. that is the i don't know about um, that um for pennywise the clown the being known as it uh for those who aren't familiar it, it, what are they like a space spider from out of oh, space some nonsense well, like that we, and... we, well let's
1: wait until we get into that but well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
2: I think we But my point is they take the form of a clown among other things but most frequently a clown mm. to fuck with kids cuz kids are scared of the clown
1: uh, no no not in the in no they're not scared of the clown that's why he takes the form although, of a clown although having
2: things. said that it takes the form of a clown to lure that kid into the drain, which doesn't
1: again, which doesn't make sense because the point of it is that he is a manifestation of their fears, and so why does he then take the form of a clown to try and entice someone? Mm. There's no consistency to this, which is part one of my complaints. Well,
2: some I... people like clowns. Apparently, <laughs> does anyone in this day and age like clowns? Mm. Um,
1: when I was when I was sixteen, I, I had a girlfriend who was a clown
2: i bet you did i bet you did you you left the makeup on at least once didn't you <laughs> uh.
1: she, she worked she worked at one of those like kiddies places where you take kids for birthday parties and the clown real clowns and so well no they were just waitresses but they were dressed up as clowns and whatever but i presume they had clowns as well who actually did like tricks and performances or whatever
2: when 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 was the heyday of clowns what are th- where are they from victorian uh, era are they later yeah. than that I, I don't really know when 20s i like <laughs> 50s because uh, because nowadays
0: were always a yeah a thing weren't they but i i may, i don't know maybe it evolved from that i, I don't I, yeah know. you're
1: probably right it seems like there's a there's a sense of mime involved in there yeah yeah, uh, some that sort of influence.
2: As a kid I never looked at clowns and thought, "Oh, brilliant, I
0: love clowns."
2: I liked Mr. Bean, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I like stuff like that, the 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 modern Well, I think clowns, clowns
0: ever I, I was reading an article because there was this whole, you know, the, these killer clown guys who like yeah. dress up in real life and go out and stand up in car parks in at night and stuff <laughs> and there's like this All these, like, genuine clown societies that are getting really upset about all the negative, Mm. like, even for this upcoming film version of It, they're, like, (laughs) um, writing articles and stuff being, like, how this is really affecting their work. The anti-clown
1: defamation league.
0: No, it's pretty much that. (laughs) uh, And they're all talking very seriously about, like, no, this really isn't okay, and blah, blah, blah. But, um, Yeah. But I agree with Sol, I think it, you know, clowns are either lame or scary. I don't know anyone who thinks of them as being anything other than um, that. Well, this is it.
2: Like even even in terms of the the pop culture I've consumed and the the films, yeah, they're 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 scary or they're a kind of tragic alcoholic figure in a french yes. film who's about to kill themselves it, there, there's no <laughs> there's no in between crusty the clown on the simpsons is the only example of a legitimate clown i can really think of maybe ronald mcdonald but even crusty the clown mm. is a complete subversion of it, it feels like this outdated archetype that they're parodying mm. that doesn't really exist anymore and I mean, he was mm, mm. he was based on a character on TV when they were younger, I think, so maybe it was just something that was legitimately popular on American television at a time. Maybe it has just transitioned into, you know, stand-up comedians and different forms of the same sort of thing.
0: I mean, I guess that um, Stephen King mustn't have been a fan. When was the book written? Was it long before the adaptation? Sometime or in the na- 80s. 1980-
1: 1985 it was.
0: Ah, okay, and does did, did anyone know much? About, has he talked much about why it's a clown specifically, or uh...
2: no?
1: But uh, as you mentioned it, I I got the novel.
2: I was going to say, did you did you end up reading it? Because I know you said you were gonna. It's it's a big <laughs> I book. Reading, I
1: it's eleven hundred pages long. It's a fucking ridiculous book, and I've read I read about four hundred pages of it, and basically I gave up because it's not just that it's long because there's a lot of stuff happening. It's just long because it's a rambling bloated mess of a book. It's really oh. bad book.
2: Stephen King is a weird author and I I should preface this by saying I think he's a really good writer when he wants to be. I think The Shining is one of the best books certainly I've ever read. Uh, that's not that's not a lot of books I've ever read, but The Shining <laughs> is is brilliantly well written. Um I really enjoy most of what I've read of his, but he does have a lot of really bad habits, and whilst I haven't read it, they appear to be on full well, firing on full. Yeah, blast I mean this, has, this was
1: this was written in 1985. He was at the peak of his popularity. Mm. It, like no one was going to say no to him. No one. There's no publishers, editors going. Oh, maybe you should take this out. And so he's just obviously yeah. done whatever he wanted. He was also like a massive alcoholic at the time. He didn't even, yeah, he, he hadn't, hadn't come out the other side or, of that. When yet, he's writing. He? So. I think this is probably like a signifier of the worst of his excesses, and mm. it made it it made it unreadable, basically. Wow. Also,
2: but I, n- I know people who, have, in fact, we both know people who stand by it as a brilliant book. It's 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 not regarded as a weaker king entry. No,
1: no. But I mean, I I wanted to read it because I've never read like proper Stephen King novel. I've read the Backman books, uh, and I really like those, like Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me and all those sort of but things. never They're have you really ever read good. his horror? Not really, no. And I'm not mm. into horror, I'm not into supernatural bullshit, so it it, it didn't play well for me yeah. at
2: all. I mean, like I say, he, he's guilty of a lot of issues. He he likes to just have ghosts show, show up halfway through that are, like, nothing to do with the main plot. He likes to just brush away... Like He has a lot of really shit endings that are just like, oh, aliens did it at the end. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of weird, like, father-son baseball stuff that tends to <laughs> creep in, from what I remember. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well,
1: And, I mean, this the the problem with this book is like some some of the writing is excellent you know you can tell he's a good writer but it's just mm. so overwritten it's too long you've got seven main characters all of which get their own introduction and they're all exactly the same you know to to, mm. ba- to the basic extent like the circumstances are slightly different but they all kind of like oh i've forgotten about this thing and now this has happened and now i'm remembering this it's just all the same and it's just you're just reading the same thing over and over again it's boring
2: I would love to I mean I, I do want to read it one day just because I I'm really intrigued to know if if the book works any better because it the the concept of the the story it's not necessarily bad but it's just one that and the concept being that this being manifests itself as these characters' worst fears and feeds on that and everything that just strikes me as something that's so impossible to get away with without it being kind of inherently comedic and silly because it means you've got kids going down to the basement being attacked by werewolf janitors or whatever it is and mummies and clowns and when you when you throw that all together even if you have an adult mixed in who's scared of losing the house because you can't pay the mortgage or something like that like anything you do it's it's almost gonna be inherently satirical on some level and I just think it's kind of difficult to to really turn that into sincere horror
1: well this was another one of my problems with it
2: yeah I always wondered if that was just lost in the adaptation to screen and it worked as a book or if it's an inherently stupid idea
1: well it doesn't really work in the book because my problem with it is that it manifests itself as their fears, but there's never any great substance to it. It's not, it's mm. not like fears where it represents or a fear of growing up or a fear of, uh, you know, uh, being uh, being forgotten by your parents or, you know, a sort of a child's fears. It's always like, oh, I saw a werewolf in the film. So now <laughs> my biggest fear is a werewolf. So it comes as a werewolf. It's just so superficial. And it means there's no real substance to any of it. And that's mm. kind of a real failing of this book. And it, it's why it doesn't really resonate. And, and it, that comes across in the miniseries as well. And in fact, the miniseries, if anything, is a worse telling of the same story <laughs> because it's really rushed. It, like the, the miniseries, again, they stick with these seven characters and mm-hmm. so we have to, like, you've, you're 45 minutes in before anything happens because you have not established all mm. the characters.
0: Well, should we get into the miniseries then and go through it? I um, not if you made notes. I, I have.
2: Very quickly, am I right in assuming you didn't get up to the infamous orgy scene in the book, Alan, if you stopped after 400 pages?
1: I I didn't, but I, I I basically I read up on what the rest of this the plot is, and there are some fucking mental bits that come after what yeah. I read. orgy
2: scene. Yeah, yeah was there, this orgy scene in the book. There is a scene where all the kids like have an orgy to like cement their friendship and their bond. It's meant to be this like.
0: Well, a- as adults. Or... No, as
2: kids.
1: No, as as eleven year old children. Oh. But it's not um, it's not an orgy. I mean, that is uh, basically the girl takes them on one by one. I mean, I don't want it to be uh, represent- oh represented incorrectly <laughs> because I mean, I I I I looked it up and sort of read about the plot because I just couldn't be bothered to read it. So. I've made a few notes about what else happens that isn't in the mini series because it goes into some weird places. That being one of them, obviously, I flipped yeah. forward, found found that chapter, read it immediately, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's not as it's not I don't know it's not quite as bad as it seems because it's not it's not very sexualized. It's kind of there is a sort of strange innocence to it, and and very much the point of that scene is the kind of uh, the loss of childhood kind of thing and it's kind of like it's marking that it's it's right near the end they've killed the thing and and they're kind of having this this moment and and the, and they're talking about doing it like they refer to sex as it and so like that's that's kind of that brings it all together and right. it's actually one of the few moments where it feels like there's some meaning behind it all or whether there's some mm. like deeper allegorical thing going on so it wasn't as bad as it sounds but it is and and when i when i've been reading stuff earlier there's a lot in the book about the girl of the group, Bev. And, like, when the other characters are, like... They kind of fancy her, but they don't really know... They don't understand that yet. and They don't quite know what it means and all that sort of thing. And that's good, because they're supposed to be 11 years old, and that sort of makes all sense.
2: Right. Hmm. Well, do you, do you think that'll um, make its way into the, the new <laughs> film coming
0: out? Well, it's supposed to be a more faithful adaptation.
1: <laughs> well, that worries me, because... Not because of that. That is at least... Like sex is a thing that actually exists, as opposed to some of the other things that happened on later on in the book. Let me, let me just find my notes. I'll tell you some of the things that were in the book that don't don't make it into the uh, into the final thing. So they in the in the miniseries it, we never find out like where it comes from or anything like that. Uh, but the the children in the in the book they use a Native American smoke hole um, to hallucinate. Uh, and then they see oh my God. they see where it comes from, and they find out that it, it it crashed to Earth on an asteroid millions of years earlier, and then oh it just God. sort of wakes up to feed every twenty seven years, and then oh and then the thing speaks in first person, like it becomes a first person narrative, and it talks, <laughs> and it tells it tells it that it originally came from a space kind of between universes, so it's like these <sighs> alternate universes, and it comes from this space in between, um, and then it preys on children because if They're more easily scared, and if something's scared, they're more tasty. Something like that.
2: That's the opposite of what Hannibal Lecter says.
1: (laughs) Well, they they later and they later uh, find this ancient ritual called the ritual of chud uh, that that allows um, Bill, who's like the main one, he enters the interdimensional interuniverse dimension and confronts the monster. There, that's where he meets. um, Wait, is it
2: a world of its?
1: No, but he meets this turtle that created the world by oh. vomiting up <laughs> when he had a stomach ache, and that created the earth. Um, so this turtle is God, basically. Um, and then to it's, defeat the monster,
2: wait, are you sure you weren't reading a um, Terry Pratchett book? Yeah, no, 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 no. It, it, like it has got a bit of
1: that, but apparently this does connect. This does connect to some of the Stephen King Dark Tower universe bullshit. Uh, so there are connections. But then anyway, so then Bill enters somehow through this ritual of Chud. He enters the monster's mind, <laughs> discovers that it's like a big ball of light kind of thing, which they call the Deadlights, which happens in the miniseries and kind of comes out of nowhere. And you're like, where did you get that? And then somehow they defeat it by causing a storm which floods Derry and destroys part of the town. And the destruction of the town signifies the death of the creature. And then they And then they all have sex. Uh, I'm not quite sure why they skipped that out of the miniseries, all that.
0: <sighs> Budget.
1: <laughs> oh, and then, it, yeah, it does at some point become a spider thing as well.
2: Maybe I'll read Misery first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, should we get into the miniseries proper then? Because I think, um, it sounds like I might be the defender of some of the stuff that we're going to see.
2: I suspected you might Oh, be. Do, you, do you like it then? <laughs>
0: Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I think there are some. I think th- there are scenes in it which I think are brilliant, mostly involving uh, the part one and when it's specifically focusing on the kids and the adults oh, are yeah. only really seen sort of, you know, in flash forwards.
2: My my sort of guess of what this film was gonna be when I when I went into mm. it was probably you know rubbish, but good. Whenever Tim Curry shows up, I just yeah. expected yeah. him to come in, steal the show. Um. I, I don't even know if his stuff works that well, to be completely what?
0: honest.
2: He's barely he in didn't. it, for a start. Well, that's it. He's only in, like, four scenes, maybe, in the whole film. No, no, no.
0: It. He's in it far more than that. No, he's, he's barely I in mean, it, though. I mean, two of those scenes are at the very beginning, and these are two scenes that I think are hugely effective, where we see the clown um, ki- well, killing two children. Uh, there's the bit where the one girl is going around the neighbourhood on a little... She, um, she's just walking, and then she and
2: sees a clown. She's on a
0: little bike, and yeah, she looks over to the washing, and there's nothing there. It cuts back to her. She cuts back, sees the clown, cuts back, clown is smiling happily. And then the camera then it goes like...
2: zooming in at her, and she goes,
0: <laughs> Ah! I think that's effective. But, no, no, I but mean, then there is a the, wheel, the... a
1: wheel spinning, which is the international oh, cinematic yeah, symbol true. for a,
2: a death of a child. Oh, I do love that. That's one of my favourite my, that that and a tramp spitting the wine out and looking at the label. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then we have the other probably the most iconic scene in the whole Georgie. film is yep Georgie's death. With his the boat. young boy is playing out in the rain, in, which is incredibly bright. Uh, it's very light outside. Say so it's raining, and he's
2: really <laughs> invested in that boat emotionally. That he's like presumably made out of newspaper.
0: It's like a paper boat that his brother has made for him. Well, his brother made it for him. I think you know that's saying something. He's playing with the boat, it goes down a little drain, and he looks down the drain, and of course, Tim Curry pops up as Pennywise and tries to lure the child into the drain. Now, perhaps this is clear in the book, but this is a a a broad question. What are its limitations when it comes to killing the children or getting mm. the children because this make this scene makes it out and this was the only scene that I was familiar with before I came to it this scene makes it seem like he needs the children to come to him he needs yeah. to be in the sewer with them or at least in some kind of water but it's really inconsistent well this is it it it
2: feels like he has to lure the kid in but in the previous scene yeah. basically with uh, certainly the previous time we see it it just attacks the girl with no provocation whatsoever
0: yeah. And later on, we'll see it, like, come out of when one of the kids is in um, some showers at school. Yeah, yeah. The, the clown comes out in the middle of the room, and you think, oh, it's gonna get him. And then it doesn't? It just goes back? And then the kid presumably runs away? It's like, he's so close to just, like, grabbing the kids at certain points, and he just doesn't? But he obviously wants to. He's not like he's even toying with them.
1: Yeah. there's no There's no logic to it whatsoever. There's no... There's no logic to it, there's no reasoning behind it, there's no <sighs> meaning behind any of it. He can he can sometimes do anything, sometimes he, but yeah, it doesn't like at some points in the book he kind of in the later points he he can control people, like he kind of almost possess people and He them does do that in things. the
2: thing, doesn't he? In the miniseries, from what I remember. Uh, yeah. I don't know
0: if he just takes on the form of the people or does he possess them? I can't remember. It's very
2: inconsistent. I'm pretty sure he 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 practically possesses that. Guy an adult, doesn't he? Because he appears on the moon and sort of says, like, Oh, yeah. do my bidding or something, and then the guy goes... Well, I
0: don't know if that's possessing so much as... He's manipulating, manipulating, I guess. Yeah, but it's, yeah. I mean, still, that level of inconsistency, like, I'm not even sure where that guy is, he's in a mental asylum at whatever point it is, but this clown is talking to him through the moon, and it's like, I mean, how is this working? There's just no logic yeah. to the, the creation, the villain, and that's the thing that really annoyed me throughout the whole thing, because yeah. I would have really invested if this was just kill a clown, he's in the drains, he's gonna get you, whether it's in your bathroom or your... Hmm. The, um, the kids are very much, they're all very much archetypes, aren't they? Like, you've got a bland boy as the lead, a bland girl, and then you've got a joker, you've got a fat one, you've got, uh, what are the other ones? The, the sickly uh, one. one. One of them's Jewish. <laughs> yeah, that counts.
2: It. Are you describing kids or types of clowns? <laughs> joker, um, Jewish one.
0: And there's a black one. And I'm not being flippant when I say this, it's like, that is genuinely their only, you know, it's yeah. like... He's yeah. introduced as oh he's Jewish and that's that's it. I thought that the child actors on on large were quite good yeah. as well. Actually, mm, I, yeah, I thought yeah. they all did good jobs, which is probably why I was more engaged with them than the adults. Because uh, generally, generally for such a large cast, I don't uh, I don't recognise many of them. I know Tim Curry obviously and John Ritter. John Ritter, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We've seen um, Olivia Hussey before of in course, several yeah. films. Actually, she's becoming she's a, a bit girl. of a. Yeah, 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 an actually <laughs> unofficial mascot. But the one person that I want to ask you two about is, did you spot um, another mascot of the show, Gary Chalk, as a small role <laughs> No, in the I did film. not. No. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. He's, um, he, um, there's, uh, which is the kid with, uh, the nerdy one? Is it Eddie? The one who's got, like, got his inhaler and That's he's Eddie, the asthmatic yeah. one. Eddie, right, yeah. He's, um, he's at gym class. And he comes across the coach, and the coach is like, "Eddie, get in the shower." That's Gary oh, Chalk. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I know, um, I know Richard Thomas. He was, um, he was in the Waltons. Uh, he was famous for that. Uh, he's, hmm. he's the adult Bill. Um, and I recognise a, like, a few of them. It's, it's one of those things where you recognise them, but they're not like hugely famous. You go, oh yeah, I know his face from somewhere. Seth Green, obviously, I recognise. I was going to say Seth. Oh, of,
2: Green, of course, course. yes, yeah. yes. Of all the... He plays
0: the young Richie. Yeah. Anyway, so all the kids, all the kids decide that they're going to team up and Shag kill the this girl. clown, and <laughs> they head, they head into the sewers, um, because that is where the clown inconsistently exists. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't make any sense.
2: Well, I, I assume space spiders just like
0: cold, damp, shitty sewers. We don't know that it's a space fighter at this point. At this point, it is a clown. But then when they get into the sewers and the bullies follow them and a couple of the bullies are killed mm. by just this shining light, there are points where pipes like open up and there's just this shining light and one of the bullies is sort of slowly taken into <laughs> it. And it's quite strange and uh, this is when it goes off the, uh, off the rails a bit for me because I can go with a clown that dwells in the sewers that eats children and has some sort of supernatural edge to it. Yeah. But when you start getting into this weird, like, oh, it's a light, it's a thing, it's, it's an so entity. Stephen King. Really a... That's
2: so Stephen King, though. He does this all the time. He ruins all his stuff with <laughs> it's like a really good idea, and then he just throws in. Ah, but maybe it's a flashback to the darkness within us all that was instilled in them as a child, oh? because their dad used to beat them, because their dad was an alcoholic. And it's, <laughs> it's like, what are you talking you know, about, Stephen King? Do
1: you know Stephen King's Dad, like, left the family when he was a small child. (laughs)
0: That explains a (laughs) lot.
1: Like, he he went out... It was... It's one of those classic... uh, It's one of those classic... um, His dad went out for cigarettes one day and never came back. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, it's that story.
0: So, it's in the sewers uh, where the kids confront... It and it all gets a bit nightmare on Elm Street for me here because there's some kind of thing about the power of imagination and oh yeah, it does get a bit like I don't believe in you. Yeah, and then don't look it, at
2: it and it won't. Yeah, get and you. it's like I, what
0: I don't get that because it's it is there and it is going to get you whether whether you're looking at it or not. Like I don't really.
2: But it only gets one of them when he like when it like does the voice of is it his dad? Who is it? It does the voice. It does the voice of someone, and then the kid looks at it, and then it, like, carries him off screaming.
0: Is it Georgie? He, he does the voice of the boy's little brother. Oh! Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. I can't remember. I think that he does it again in the second part. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot about Georgie. He
2: does a voice and makes them, like, look at him. But it's this weird thing where he, like, he, like, has to trick them into looking at him or something to actually be able to get them.
0: He... So can we talk about Tim Curry's performance here? Because I... I... I think it's, I think less of it in the second episode than in the first. I think part of that is because the way it's filmed. In the first episode, every time Tim Curry is sort of talking to one of the kids or something, he's very, it's almost sort of David Lynch Mm. staging of like, you know, he's very much in the middle of the thing. He's like looking directly at the camera. It's like he's looking at you. I think it's super effective, really great. In the second half, they move away from that. And he very rarely actually looks directly into camera, Mm. which is a lot less scary.
2: But yeah, to talk about him, I mean, let's preface this, I adore Tim Curry as an actor, I think he Mm, is mm. brilliant, I love him. I'm not so sure that this is one of his best roles, to be honest, Mm. despite being perhaps his most iconic role ever. I don't think he gets a
1: chance to do very much with it. Well, that's
2: it. He's doing a voice, so you don't get that wonderful Tim Curry voice, you don't get any of those kind of... (laughs) So you don't get any of that. It's just it's just him being American and, and gravelly, rah! which is just anyone could do that. So it, it it feels like all of the Tim Curry has been removed from the performance. Frankly, it just feels like it could be anyone wearing that makeup. And it's a great scary makeup job for a scary clown. But mm-hmm. like it could, mm-hmm. I just feel like it could be anyone under yeah. all the makeup. And and like I say, I love Tim Curry. Normally, I, I I love everything I've seen him in. Like, or I love him in everything I've seen him in. Other than this, I I I don't know who who is Tim Curry for you? Because I feel like he's he's like embodied by one role that people kind of see him in in their youth, and that is who he is to them forever.
0: Mm. For me, he's a, he's a, he's like a hotel um manager. <laughs> in Home Alone like and that, that's probably it then. I yeah, yeah, he is, he, he is. I just he imagine is, him yeah. in a suit behind a desk, being all like, oh, "Hello." Yeah, in oh, Home
2: Alone he's, too, he's he's the hotel. Um, yeah, like the manager, floor manager of the hotel or something. And, brilliant. Okay, then that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alan, who who is he to you? I think it's, for me, it's just
1: Frank and I think.
2: Uh... Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because you're older than us, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that old. <laughs> for me, Nigel Thornbury just oh, he's brilliant.
0: He's brilliant, and e- even though... I'm not going to defend this as being one of his great roles by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's, uh... Yeah, so even as Pennywise, it might not be a great, uh, role, but I think he brings what he can to it. I don't think he could have done any better.
2: Yeah, I think he could have, but he wasn't allowed to. I get the impression that hmm, they, yeah, well, they... It seems to me like he wasn't allowed to do it with his normal voice, and I feel like that would have been ten times better if he just did it as he normally um Mm. exactly the same just without the the accent one one little bit of trivia just to to drop in here did you know that tim curry was originally cast as the joker in the animated batman series yes and then they they dropped him because his performance he was giving was too dark they said (laughs) yes isn't that cool? Wouldn't it like? Don't you wish he'd been allowed to do it?
0: It's unrelated, but yes, it is. Well, this is cool. him playing a
2: killer clown again—an evil clown.
0: Oh, of course! Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. No,
1: I was when I was watching this. I was thinking like he would have made a good Joker. Like the, he's got mm. the smile for it. He's got that kind of scary face.
2: I mean, there must be there must be an archive of at least one episode's worth of Tim Curry as the Joker out there. I I really hope it finds its way online at some point i'd I'd love to just see it's just a fascinating what if and that's not Mm. you know mark hamill is sublime as the joker i don't want to take away Mm. from what he does as well but the idea of tim curry as the joker would just be so great
1: well here's my real big go-to point here uh if you want to see how this film could have been done better with a better director and a better story watch stand by me because Mm. it's the same thing it's it's like it's like okay stephen king grew up in maine in the 50s so what's it like growing up in maine in the 50s as like that's Mm. what his all his stories are about yeah but stand by me is an excellent film which Mm. has these great child actors and it isn't messed about with by this supernatural bullshit it's just about it's just a coming Mm. of age story it's about real life fears it's really well directed
2: do you reckon we could edit Stand by Me down just put some clowns in it? Mm. <laughs> it must be doable. I
0: was thinking if you if you took Stand by Me and like put a crazy killer clown in it, that would probably be my favorite film <laughs> ever. <laughs> so anyway, should we move on to part 2?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz
0: part 1 ends with it's the Jewish guy who's everyone's grown up and the Jewish guy kills himself. He kills himself in the bath. All the other adults are now being Brought together by, is it is it Mike? Yeah. It is Mike, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike is the only one who has grown up and stayed at the town where they all grew up. He's working in the library there. All the others have grown up and had incredibly successful lives and careers and have yeah. fallen out of touch. It's like, and they're, they're all... all like writers and No, they're, they're all, um, and...
1: like, one of them's... One of them's good at building stuff well, as, as a kid, so he becomes an architect. One of them's good at telling stories, mm. so he becomes a writer. One of them does silly voices, yeah. he becomes a comedian. It's like, there's, it's the most simple A to B journeys you could imagine. Yeah,
0: no, it's really... Uh, I just... I, I, the fact that they were all like at the very height of their success as well just really irritated me. It's like, let's have some variety in here. It's, yeah, it is it, literally... It, you stay at your hometown where you grow up, and you have a shit life and a shit job, and you don't you haven't made anything of yourself or you go and you make something of yourself there's no like struggle with it it's you are one or the other
1: yeah but i i feel like there's there's an idea that there's some meaning behind that and there's also this element that none of them have had kids uh which again Mm -hmm. is something that doesn't really get explained and it's like it feels like should there be a meaning behind that but it's not and the fact that they're all Mm. successful it feels like there should be an element. There should be a reason behind that. What is Stephen King saying? Because mm. what what he's saying is that these guys have forgotten their childhood. They've they moved out of the city and they literally forget about all this stuff that's happened. So is mm. he saying that when people are untethered by their sort of childhood traumas, they can be free to actually be successful? Are we all held back by our own childhood? Is that what he's mm. saying? I, don't...
2: <laughs> I think he just wanted <laughs> to make one of them a writer because he, oh, could he always makes one write write writer himself into it because he likes doing that as well.
0: Well, he's the one who's dating Olivia Hussey. <laughs> who uh, decides to follow him to the small town and is kidnapped en route by the creature, but will come back to her later on. Because uh, at the moment, all of the adults are sort of, congregating in the town some of them are being terrorised by it again there's that scene in the library when the grown up comedian guy is trying to find his friend or something and Tim Curry's on this balcony yeah. in the library spinning this noisemaker and just like hollering on the top of his lungs it's a really weird scene and
1: doing one doing liners that's the best scene in the whole thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I did love it. It's one of the
2: only bits where it shows up in the second half, really. There there's not a lot of him in that yeah. second half. And it's that feels like it was meant as a real showcase of Tim Curry as the clown. And yeah. it, I, I don't know, I just mm. I've always felt like it's a really just crap scene. It's just No, I liked it. No, because... oh,
0: I love it. I, I really liked it. And I really liked how no one else in the library can see him, but there are these balloons that fall down and are popping in people's faces, and the whole idea is that they're not noticing it, but they're all flinching <laughs> really <laughs> noticeably as these balloons pop in their faces. Yeah, they're it's getting like... blood splashed in their faces. Yeah. Like, I, mean? <laughs> I can only assume that they had like one take for each balloon and they just couldn't be bothered to wash people up and bring them back. Yeah, but I don't
1: know them, how so. easy it is to have blood thrown in your face and not flinch slightly. Like, I don't really know I don't know difficult. how much you're asking for,
0: Uh, This is where my uh, interest starts to wane as far as the film goes, because all the group come together at this Chinese restaurant to reminisce and talk about the old times and whatever. And so it's held your interest for a
2: solid like two hours at this point.
0: Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it has. I've been going with it, and this is the kids are very interesting. Oh, edit that out, sorry. That was a weird (laughs) sentence. Um, But it's in this second bit, specifically it's at this Chinese restaurant where everyone's coming in one by one and they're all fainting or shouting or screaming or something. No one else in the restaurant seems to be noticing this, that all this craziness is going on in this room. And uh, they're all reminiscing and talking and being stereotypes and... It's just quite done. Then there's horrible subplots around this point. The one of the guys gets stabbed by one of the bullies, who escapes from the mental ward, it. and it pretends to be the woman, and it's a bit of a love triangle going on, which doesn't really what the the bully go...
2: pretends to be a woman.
0: No, 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 it.
2: Yeah, the mental kid from the asylum. You just said they escape, and then it it pretends to be a woman.
0: Oh, yes, very, very good. And that all sort of comes <laughs> to nothing. <laughs> it's... It's the worst joke. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And you keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: or are either of you two enjoying any of this stuff in the second half? I'm, I'm, I'm late leaving it until we get to the climax to specifically talk about that because there is a lot to say about that climax. But this whole first hour of the second half,
1: I generally preferred the bits where there wasn't stupid supernatural shit going on. So it was all right mm.
2: with that. I generally preferred the bits where the clown was on screen, but even then, I'm not really a big fan of any of it. So no, I mean, I, I I like the first half a lot more than the second half, but I don't really like either of them to be honest. I don't think it works, and I think the whole thing's well. I was gonna say overly long, and maybe maybe if it'd be... it had been. Well maybe if it had been longer like a proper no. mini like a proper series and had time to flesh everything out and do it properly maybe it would have been mm. less boring because maybe it's cuz it's so long but you're still like not invested in any of
0: it that it doesn't work for me I, I don't mm. know can we talk about the climax and how horrible it is it reveals itself to be this giant stop motion puppet <laughs> spider thing and I <laughs> I knew that I knew I'd heard that it was disappointing. This ending, I'd never really seen it, and then seeing it, it was like, my god, this is appalling! And any sense of horror is just gone completely (laughs) from this terrible reveal. It is
1: properly 1950s like them. (laughs) kind of classic, kind of standard, isn't it? I
2: couldn't believe what I was seeing. (laughs) To be fair, Them is actually quite a good film.
1: (laughs) I'm talking about the visual
0: effects. (laughs) Yeah. Put it in the shadows, for goodness sake. (laughs) Don't light the thing as you're lighting it, and don't show it, because at one point it grabs Eddie, and it's meant to be, like, crushing his back, but because the mechanics of the claw thing are so shit, it barely looks like it's got a hold of him, and then we're supposed to believe that it broke his back, or... I don't know. And then it's trying to hypnotise some of the kids with this bright light, but it's inconsistent because some of them are like stood right in front of it and being hypnotised, and some of them are slightly to the side, very much in the path of the light still, and aren't, and it's weird. Olivia Hussey's like comatose being hung up from a ceiling (laughs) thing, which is strange. (laughs) Yeah, And then how do they initially, is it with silver that they fend it off? Uh, Because Eddie goes up with his inhaler and he sprays the thing, and then I think it's the girl who's going around to try and find the silver Mm -hmm. bullet and then slingshot it at the thing. Yeah. And it sort of it's wounded and it goes away into the back and then they have their moment with Eddie where it's like oh god he's dead blah 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 and then they all team up and it's like right we're gonna go get it we're gonna go kill it once and for all blah 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 and they're building up to this thing and then basically all it comes down to is they run over to it push it over and then just start kicking and hammering the shit out of it. Well
1: they they eventually rip its heart out and tear it apart but. Yeah, but
0: it's, <laughs> it's just how it's all filmed because it is literally like they've pushed over like a cow and are just <laughs> pounding on it it's just the most uninventive way of staging it and then they, yeah they rip its heart out <laughs> I mean it's not a,
2: it's just not a very good film is it I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not a very good I story I don't know what but. you want me to say
0: <laughs> but then the worst part about the ending the absolute worst thing about it is oh, so Olivia Hussey's been taken by it She's she's comatose, and they, they they take her out, and they're all summing up the ending, like, okay, blah de blah Richie went to Hollywood and did this, and Beverly and Ben get married, expecting their first child, and uh, whatever. And then it goes to, is it Bill? It is Bill, the main kid. So Bill and Olivia Hussey go back to home, and it's like, well, Bill, unfortunately, Olivia Hussey never came out of her coma, because she's completely comatose in this thing, and I'm thinking, oh, that's quite a nice ending. That's a nice little bit of dark what they're doing here. It's not, it's not quite a happy ending for everyone. I really liked that. And then, he's about to get in a cab with her to go back home, leave the town, and he sees his bike, and he picks it up, and puts her on the back of it, and starts cycling down a main street in town, well, in the way of traffic, I might add. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, like, come on, come on, and it's building up, and my notes around this point are literally like, Oh, I really like this. this isn't a happy ending. Oh, wait, what? What's he doing? <clears throat> He's not. No, no. What the fuck? No, this is not going to happen. <laughs> die, die, please die. <laughs> I thought a car was going to come and hit them. And then Olivia Hussey is brought out of her coma as a result of this...
2: All the kids stand in a circle around her and they all cry and the tears roll down their face onto the floor and form I would have gone a with gigantic that. <laughs>
0: tear that, that falls into her and magics her to life I would have with that <laughs> over this because she at this point this character has never been to this town before She's never we've never seen her on a bike we've never heard about her and her boyfriend liking to go on bikes or ride about or something I don't know what it is about this scenario that snaps her out of it and brings her back
2: you'd wake up if you're on a bike
0: so she just needed a good slap <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's all she needed <laughs> So after all these doctors are taking her to the hospital, whatever it's like. Nope, she's in a coma for life. <laughs> Let's go on a bike down a hill, and then there's no undercutting at the end. There's no because I was expecting like a, a like a manhole to open and Tim Curry was going to go or something. And there's nothing about there's nothing like that. It's just oh happy endings then for everyone that lived. Well, wow. So why do people think it's good? Because, the miniseries, I want to say, because it did get good reviews apparently at the time. Is it just oh, because really? it was on TV, people had lower expectations? Yeah, or?
2: yeah TV wasn't good yet in 1990. <laughs> no.
0: um, should we get some pictures?
1: Can I go first? Because I'm essentially just repeating a lot of the points i already made.
2: Oh, hello, oh, it's me, Alex. My pitch is, I read the book and here's what went wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, my pitch, uh, I'm going to kind of... I've, I've tried to come up with a way of adapting this story in a way that would work, uh, actually, as a film. Um, so we're getting,
2: getting rid of all supernatural bullshit. Yep. All gods stripping <laughs> out. <laughs> yes. It's just, a, it's just a man dressed as a clown yeah, in well. sewers. <laughs> and he's, he's a pedophile.
0: Yep. Is he going through an existential crisis?
1: <laughs> we don't get much into his motives, unfortunately. It's about the kids. So
0: At
2: uh, the end, the, the kids try and kill him, and he's so, he's so ashamed of himself, he commits suicide. Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, not exactly, no. no. It's, this is a coming-of-age thing, and so I'm not bothered about the adults. Take the adults bit out of it altogether. We're just doing the child's story. Mm. So straight okay. away, we've got a more manageable story. I'm, going to, cut, yep. I'm going to cut it down from seven to four characters because most of them are completely unnecessary. So you've yeah. got good. you got good. Bill, who's kind of like the leader guy with the little brother who got killed. Bev, the girl. Ben, the fat one, who's like the bit of a loser. And then Richie. Who's, Bill and Ben. R- yeah. Richie, who's the... Um, <laughs> that's what they're called. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, <laughs> um, I know. It's silly.
1: And then Richie, because he's like the comic relief, so it'll be a good different character. But then you could incorporate a couple of the other characteristics from the other kids within them if you wanted to if you needed to use them particularly like richie could be Mm. asthmatic or whatever straight away we've got a proper manageable story uh yeah supernatural stuff don't need any of that I'm, Mm. i'm not into that anyway and in this case it doesn't work because there's no reasoning behind any of it there's no logic behind any of it there's no allegory behind it so let's focus on keeping what they're scared of as allegorical so Oh, and they would actually have to be like 11 year olds rather than 14, uh, playing 11 to make it actually...
2: My work. name's Alan, I can tell the difference. <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> I always check. Don't you be passing off no 14 year olds <laughs> as kids for me.
1: Uh, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have the same story that the kids have been disappearing. and like,
2: Ding oh, dong. <laughs> oh, it's Alan at the door. Hello,
1: it's me, Alan. <laughs> I don't think I am. I think I'm a- <laughs> This is a fakery. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Werner Herzog. Kids have been disappearing, but um, it's not a mysterious creature clown that's killing them. It is just like a child killer. The parents haven't told the children, hey, look, there's a murderer on the loose because they don't want to scare them. But they've just tell, told them enough, like, hey, there's a curfew, you'll be back after dark, always traveling with each other and or uh, don't go about strangers and all that sort of thing. And then other mm-hmm. things that they've overheard and this sort of vivid childhood imagination combined with like ghost stories and tales of the boogeyman and all that sort of thing creates this creature in their minds, this more of this, uh, yeah, like a boogeyman kind of character. And so it can mm-hmm. manifest differently within each of them in terms of what they are scared of. And so like say they have a confrontation with someone, like a real person, but they will imagine it differently or they will remember it differently. So when they're telling the story, it accentuates certain elements. It's like, "Oh yeah, I think uh, in the book, right, one of the kids he sees this <clears throat> he sees this hobo who's got syphilis and so like his face is all falling apart and stuff. And he gets really scared by mm-hmm. him. So then later on, he goes back to the same place and uh and it's the clown but like as a kind of leper hobo uh so
2: what a leper that's just on the street well he's
1: well the kid doesn't know what syphilis is so he thinks he's a leper right so it's like rashomon (laughs) yeah exactly everyone remembers it differently uh but that the point is that he he has this very direct experience with a scary man and then later on that becomes manifest with the clown um, so inst- I'm just removing the middleman there so instead of he has a scary experience seeing this scary guy and then when he's telling the story it's like oh and I think he was like floating towards me or he was doing this and like it becomes like they create uh, more of a supernatural element because of their childhood imagination
2: you mean like remember when <laughs> remember, remember when told us that story about when he was a kid and he saw a ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> ghost dog. Yeah, he, he, his dog died and they buried it in the garden and then they, he went outside the next day in the morning and the dog's nose was sticking out of the ground. <laughs> And instead of thinking, oh, it's rained overnight and the dog's become exposed or we didn't bury it properly, or or even, oh, it's not dead and it's trying to crawl out, he thought, oh, it's a ghost of the dog coming out to get me, and he ran over and stamped on it. <laughs> 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 and, he, and he told us that as a grown man, he told us that
0: yeah.
2: without <coughs> any irony, like, just... <laughs> without seeing the humour in it without seeing like it's telling us no I saw a ghost once (laughs) and uh so yeah it's the same thing as your film basically isn't it it's all these kids thinking stuff's Hmm. happened that hasn't exactly and so we, we still get all that supernatural
1: stuff, but it's kind of told through the prism of a child's mind. And so then the loss the loss of innocence, the coming of age is the shedding of that, and the loss and, and becoming more adult and then having real life problems and so forgetting about these things. And in the same way in the series and in the book that they they kind of forget everything that's happened when they leave. It's the same. Mm. You don't remember the things that scared you as a child in the same way when you're an adult. You don't see things do. you don't see things in the same way.
2: What are you on about? Zombies? <laughs> they,
1: yeah, I mean, they don't exist, so I'm sorry. It's just something you're going to have to deal with. So, yeah, ultimately it's about shedding those childhood fears. And obviously that would be represented by them having a, a gangbang. Um, so they would have sex. Uh, and that would represent the loss of innocence. <laughs> and, they, and then... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <dear. laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's it. So anyway, I just... That's it. I just wanted to make it kind of a Take out the nonsense elements and create this sort of central story that would actually work within a you know ninety minute format, <sighs> and then uh, and and have it a bit more resonance, emotional meaning behind what's scaring them rather than just scary nonsense.
0: Anyway, shall I go ahead with my pitch then? Yeah, go. On. Yeah, well, do what you want. So, uh, <laughs> my <laughs> okay. Uh... So, our pitch opens on the first day of university for our hero, Sam. His parents are helping him move into his new dorms at university. Uh, they're unloading, he's meeting his flatmates, and as this is going on, we're learning a bit about him. And he's a bit of a loner, doesn't have many friends. He's not even really into a geek clique, he he just doesn't feel like he fits in anywhere. And his parents are obviously being very supportive of him, they want the best for him, but you can tell that they're frustrated underneath it all and they're just like, why don't you just get out of your fucking shell and make friends like a normal person? So it's some of that. We see Sam trying to get along with his flatmates, but it's not quite working out. The first days of his uh, bioengineering course don't go well. Is bioengineering a thing? <laughs> have, I, have I spelled that right? Is that uh, there, there is a degree a which is bio? Something. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, brilliant. I, I don't know what if you, is it. I, well, I don't know if you can
2: study it at university or not. You probably, I don't know, but
0: it, I mean, it's what it's, is it? It's a concept. Um. genetic engineering, isn't it? I mean, mean... you
1: can study anything at uni these days, I mean...
0: He's doing bioengineering and it doesn't go very well. He, uh, forces himself to go on a night out with some of his course mates, but it goes really badly, he makes a tit of himself, it's really embarrassing, he falls over, there are drinks up in the air, and people are laughing at him. And all of a sudden, he gets this rush. He's never felt more alive, he's loving the laughter, But he's also confused and doesn't quite get why he's feeling this way, so he runs away. (laughs) Now, he's heading back to his dorms, and he needs a piss on the way, and there's a public toilet by the side of a park, so he heads in. He's at the urinal, and suddenly he hears whispering from one of the cubicles, and he's (laughs) thinking, what is that? It's it's two people. Two people whispering. What is it? He leans closer, leans closer, whisper, 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 can't hear it. And then, all of a sudden... <laughs> and he's stunned by the loud noise and kicks in the door to find two young men around his age, hunched over a large red nose and a horn. One of them is wearing very large Sorry. shoes. Red nose and what? And a horn. <laughs> oh,
2: a horn. Okay. What do you think I said? That minus the N. But I wasn't
0: quite sure. <laughs> Um, One of them is wearing very large shoes, and Sam is intrigued, he feels a stirring, but he doesn't know how to process these emotions, and he runs away. He gets back to his dorm and he can hardly sleep, so he starts Googling what he's been feeling. Uh, he thinks he's ill. And he comes to discover clowns, which are a fringe group who exist solely on the <laughs> sidelines of society, conducting their business in secret and having these clown parties <laughs> where they all dress up and fall through doors while saying things like, Thought I'd drop in. and uh, But Squeezing them. Wait, is this yeah. a
2: James Bond party? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> James Bond clowns. <laughs> Do clowns not do puns? Wait. What's that at the door? Oh, look. It's it's clown Bond.
1: (laughs) Do you have Prince Albert in a can? (laughs) Well, you better let him out, then.
0: Uh, Beep, beep. Sam... Sam... Sam is trying to get on with his life, but he can't stop thinking about clowns. He starts to deliberately fall over in public places, uh, and he gets laughs, and he's really enjoying this. It's like his way of sort of living out some of these um, feelings, you know, fantasies and whatnot. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, one time he does an especially silly fall, and an old um, woman passing by spits at him and calls him disgusting. He starts to reconsider what he's doing. If he really wants to pursue this, he has to go deep, take it away from public, Uh, he gets an app on his phone, Called Clown Girl. <laughs> he finds. Come on, you could, you could have done better than that. Come on, <laughs> <You'd> better <laughs> fun than that. Yeah, I'm trying try yeah. to think of something better. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, uh... Yeah, one, isn't there isn't one, is there? I put five minutes into thinking about this thing. I, I, hmm. I'm trying to think of what other the dating apps. There are plenty of fish, plenty of clowns. <laughs> Tinder, grinder all that sounds the same. Uh, okay, Cupid, okay, Clown. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, match.com, clown. Ma- match, match, match. Uh match. match. clown. he finds a local clown party nearby that night. He gets dressed up, but it's not a very good costume. What about, He's just grabbing what about he can find. Clowns list? <laughs> oh yes, there we go. That's it. Well done. He gets dressed up, but his costume's a bit shit. But at the same time, he's really excited. He's at the party. He's making friends for the first time, and uh, one girl clown, especially called Amanda. She and she she's making fun of him a bit uh, for his homemade, you know, costume and it's a bit shit. But they bond and and they start dating, and he becomes really involved in the clown community. Uh, and they start putting together plans for a great clown parade in order to bring greater awareness and acceptance with the wider uh, public.
2: Yes, What's Clown Pride.
0: Sam starts to play a big part in it. He's big in the organizing of it, and he spends more time with Amanda. It's all good in Sam's clown and personal lives, but his grades start to suffer. So his parents and teachers become very concerned. So he eventually tells his parents, Okay, I'll, I'll be honest with you, this is what I'm doing. It's a really big moment for him. He owns up, uh, and they react no, terribly.
2: No. Clown is no son of mine's gonna be a clown.
0: We'll have no clowns (laughs) in this
2: household.
0: That's pretty much what it is. (laughs) Um, They send him to aversion therapy, and he stops. Wash the makeup off. He stops seeing Amanda. His his grades improve. What is clown
2: aversion therapy?
0: Well, they
1: you watch it on repeat.
0: This is our narrative low point. Uh, he's, he's he's He doesn't feel like he can be with his clown friends and he's feeling really down and all this. Now, something happens here to make him realise his true calling and I don't know what that is. Anyway, he, uh... So he has this moment of realisation and he rushes to the Pride Parade in time. He embraces Amanda. Sam's parents are there. They're part of the counter-protest and he's still shunned by them, but he says, look, I don't give a shit. This is who I am. If you don't like it, Fuck off, I've got my clown mates.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a moment where one of the policemen like proposes to a clown in the in the crowd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he runs over to Amanda, they hug, they've got a you know, a, a, they hold hands as they march down the street together as clowns, and we end the film with a smile appearing on the faces of two young children watching the parade as Sam gets a pie thrown in his face and falls <laughs> over. Anyway, that's my that's my sequel to it. I liked that, Calvin. I like your pitch. Thank you, yes. It's a great sequel to It. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I feel like it was an allegory for something. I'm just not quite putting my finger on it.
2: It, It's it's an allegory for Uh, X-Men. Yes. Being a mutant. Of course. Like, he doesn't discover it until his puberty. I get it. Shall I do mine? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, the thing to do is a new adaptation of the book one that kind of takes huge liberties with it and and tries to make it work properly as a film turning it into two separate films that kind of do each half of the book and all that mm. but that appears to be what they're doing um for real so i've i've done something different they they kill pennywise at the end of it don't they yeah but they also like they kill him halfway through it as well yeah so yeah. We, so we, so we can just keep coming back so that's that's taken care of. Yeah. So he's fueled by the fears of people. <laughs> so I was thinking may, maybe we could pick up with Ben's daughter, played by Kaylee Coco or whatever her name is. Ah, <laughs>
0: some, oh, yeah. Something like that.
1: She, she's about 38 now. Is that Would that work? Yeah.
2: Okay, good. Uh, so we have a character. It doesn't really matter. They, they could be connected to the original gang or not. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? But they've been plagued by this Pennywise chap since childhood into adulthood, they have extensive therapy, and they believe him to now be a figment of their imagination, uh, which is exacerbated by what um her, let's say her, let's say it is Kaylee, something exacerbated by her, uh, what her therapist deduces to be a subconscious desire to enroll in clown college. <laughs> so she goes off to clown college, uh, she gets there, and we meet a colourful cast of clown characters, including... Uh, one that's really good at doing sound effects. That could be the kid of the the one from it who does silly silly voices. Uh, mm. And there's also a clown played by Bobcat Goldplate. <laughs> and uh, the problem is, as much as she can be an adult about it and rationalise everything, she really is scared of clowns. And now there's clowns everywhere. So she's trying to get over it, but she's still constantly freaked out all the time. There's Mm. loads of sequences where she'll be walking to her dorm late at night and there'll be a a, a scary-looking clown at the end of the hallway and she has to, you know, walk down this tight corridor and pass the clown and, you know, Mm. we'll play it for scares, I suppose. But, you know, it's always right because it's just another student. But then one night, she goes into a room and it's all fine. But then in the bathroom, there's this big clown with a balloon. Beep, beep. (gasps) Oh, no. Ah. (laughs) And and soon people on clown campus begin to experience terrifying episodes, living nightmares, all involving clowns. And one thing leads to another, and they realize that basically, they've all come to clown college through a subconscious desire to deal with their intense fear of clowns. (laughs) Head on. Yeah. And they go around the room talking about how they became scared of clowns in the first place. It's basically all through seeing a clown on TV or a movie or reading about one in a book or something. Then they all they all look at a photo or something and the clown comes to life and he chats some shit about how it's a mm-hmm. full moon or something. Or the moon aligns with his spider home world or so- <laughs> something like that. So tonight, the evil clown Pennywise is superpowered and he's going to go for broke because it's the strongest he'll be in in years. The clown kids wait until the moon comes out and then a lone tiny little car drives up to the college (laughs) car park. (laughs) They think, oh, that's not so bad. But then slowly, one after another, a slew of terrifying pop culture beings emerge from the vehicle. So you've got... You've got the clown from that movie clown. I don't know if you've seen that. No, uh, I it's it's good fun that. Um a guy like puts on a red nose and like starts turning into a clown like the Santa Claus and turns hmm. out that like it's an evil demonic force that clowns are based on. Anyway, uh Crusty the Clown, but it's an evil version from a a Treehouse of Horror episode. Uh, Mm. every rendition of the Joker including Mark Hamill's animated portrayal and the Lego one from uh, Zach Galifianakis Mm. What about the
1: one uh, I suppose you've seen a film called Vulgar which is
2: um, uh, no, is it John Waters? No, no.
1: But when you know after after Kevin Smith did Clerks and uh, uh, probably after More rats as well, he he had enough clout that he could get help things happen for his friends because like he was given uh, okay. he was given like uh, okay, you make, you can make really low budget films. So here's some low budget like you can executive produce these films. So one of his friends is Brian Johnson, directed a film that he wrote, I believe, called Vulgar. And it's Brian O'Halloran, who's Hmm. Dante from Clerks, plays this clown. And he's like, uh, I think he might be an alcoholic. He's definitely sort of depressed. And (laughs) he gets raped. um, uh, And, you know, it's not a particularly pleasant film. (laughs) Anyway, you could have him. Put Brian Hmm. O'Halloran in it. I'm sure he's available.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's there. Uh, The clown zombie from the background of uh, Day of the Dead is in there. Uh, Crispin Glover's clowny clown clown. (laughs) Um, Can
0: um, the Jerry Lewis clown from that unreleased oh. movie about a clown in a concentration camp be in there?
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. We got Doctor Roxo from—he's uh, looking for cocaine from Metalocalypse. Ronald McDonald, but but specifically
1: like from a Japanese advert where he's played by a Japanese guy. <laughs> oh, this is just, just yeah, funnier, run, run, like. <laughs> terrifying.
2: <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, you've got the clown with the tearaway face. You've got Twisty the Clown, uh, the highlight of American Horror Story to date. You've got Mr. Jelly, yeah. and he's explaining that the, the person in question is actually scared of Mr. Jolly, but Mr. Jolly couldn't make it, so he's come instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, you've got that orange clown from the White House. <laughs> alright, guys? Uh, oh,
0: satire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: googled famous clowns but i'm just getting like i'm just getting genuine clowns like not pop culture clowns
2: well feel free to throw out any clowns if you think of them uh anyway so they step forward <laughs> and they discover that the clown wait, college wait, wait, kids wait, wait. were what's, prepared uh,
1: there's a picture of the what's the oh, it's a kid show and there's a, a guy on it and i think it's for deaf kids because he does sign language all the time oh mr tumble that's it, that's he's it. terrifying yeah,
2: awesome, huh? <laughs> yeah he's he's scary anyway they step forward only to discover that the clown college kids were prepared. Uh, as the first clown opens the door, a bucket full of streamers that was precariously placed on the top of the door falls down upon them. Oh. It's home alone but with clowns. Well I've, I've
1: I've thought I've thought of something. What about the insane clown posse? Oh yeah, the and the juggler. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. then. Your uh your your uh, muscle <laughs>
2: Yeah, The clown kids, they're, they're pelting the clowns with water balloons, washing their makeup off. <laughs> Lego Joker, he walks into a room and, and they've scattered Lego bricks all over the floor. So he's like walking, going, oh, yeah. hurting his feet on these Lego bricks. And then uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's character has an awkward run-in with Shakes the Clown. The clown Bobcat Goldthwait portrayed in his debut feature film, who is yet another alcoholic, depressed, suicidal... Mm-hmm. Um, Clown Uh, But just as Shakes is about to kill him With an axe to the head A bullet takes him out And Bobcat turns to see a clown With a golden gun in the doorway He wipes the makeup from his face To reveal that it's none other than Roger Moore's 007 James Bond (laughs) (laughs) Oh no It seems that this clown (laughs) memory um, From Octopussy (laughs) Accidentally got mixed into the bunch With all the, the nightmarish ones because uh, Pennywise isn't isn't vetting the uh, the clown memories <laughs> well enough, and they realize oh th- there's an opportunity here, and they try thinking about some they try thinking about some some heroes that can come and save them, and it doesn't work. But then one of them accidentally thinks about that terrifying episode of Extreme Ghostbusters with the Lovecraftian clown monsters, and uh, it emerges from the car and heads <laughs> towards the building uh, in a little nod to. To the to the scene where he thinks of the stay puffed (laughs) Marshmallow Map and Ghostbusters. And they realize that the thoughts have to be clown related to get through Pennywise's filter successfully. So so then they have to think about clown antidotes. So now the car park is the car in the car park explodes, but not before unleashing a flurry of new characters. So we have, among many others, all of the Batmen from from all time. Uh, sideshow Bob mm. comes to stab Krusty. Uh, Dumbo's flying around, just shooting at clowns, picking them off as they try to run away. And eventually they're all dead. <laughs> um, and Pennywise mm. is left with no magical power, uh, which shrinks him down to the size of a peanut. So they pick him up and put him in a jar and keep him as a pet. Now, because this is a Stephen King adaptation... Uh, there's an arbitrary ghost that shows up for no reason and ruins the tone of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say Ben's ghost from uh, John Ritter from from the TV movie <laughs> turns oh. up uh, at the end of like at the end of Star Wars, and he tells his daughter that he's proud of her or something like that, Aww. and that's the end. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Got a lot of clowns in there. That was good. Yeah. Any any other clowns?
1: Um, joke, Joker. We didn't really mention Joker in that list.
2: What are you talking about? No, we mentioned him earlier. They were all in there. Yeah, I had every Joker ever, including Mark Hamill's and the Lego Joker. Oh, right, did you? As portrayed by Zach Galifianakis. He he stood on Lego oh, bricks yeah, so I hurt did, yeah, you that hurt his feet. Little nod for next week. What about mimes? Could they could they think of mimes? Is there, like, Are they rivals? Clowns and mimes? Uh, I hope so. They don't seem like they'd get no, on. They hate each other.
1: <laughs> like mimes look down on clowns because like, clowns are like the pop culture acceptable mimes, <laughs> <laughs> where mimes consider themselves like high class and art.
2: Because Robin Williams was a mime. I can't think of any famous clowns. Can you imagine anyone less suited to not talking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work at all. Does it? Ding dong!
2: Oh, it's it's mime Robin Williams. Hello. Hello, Oh hello. Oh what's that? You- oh guys, you can't you can't get in. He seems to be trapped in some sort of um, <laughs> invisible <laughs> box. <laughs> that was our episode about it. it being the title of Stephen King's novel and the miniseries and upcoming film as opposed to the generic pronoun used frequently in the English language. Let's clear that up once and for all. Oh, and come back next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Bye.
1: I'm the manager. Well, you know, I'd like to know some of the guys' names on the team, so when I meet them on the street or in a ballpark, I'll be able to say hello to those people. Why, sure, I'll introduce you to the boys. They give them funny names, though, Oh, I know they get those ballplayers off of funny names. Now, let's see, on the team we have this. Uh, who's on
0: first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You the manager? Yes. You know the guy's name? I should. Well, then tell me the guy's names. I say this. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You the manager? And then, yes.
1: You know the guy's name? I'm telling you their name. Who's oh, on first? That's yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Sit. The guy on first. Sit. The guy playing first base. <laughs> guy on <up> first. <laughs> first. Who's on first? What are you asking me for? I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You ain't telling me nothing. I'm asking you. That's
2: first. That's it. Well, go ahead and tell me. Sit. The guy on first base. That's his <laughs> name. That's it. His
0: yeah. yes. name. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's the man's name.
2: That's, That's it. His yes. name. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who's on first? What are you asking me?